process? What's the market looking like at the moment for how in demand houses are versus what's available in the market? Going one, going twice, sold. You're listening to The Property Pod. All right, guys, welcome back to The Property Pod, your weekly engagement into real estate here in the Hobart Marketplace. I'm your host, Aaron Horn, and it brings me great delight to be here for our Christmas spectacular. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's how they celebrate Christmas these days. Yeah. Nothing to do with bells. It's just jingle yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, we didn't think we were going to get here. Like, no. it has been hectic. We were just off mic talking about how crazy um, the last few months have been. Yeah. Pat, uh, you might notice John is in Pat's uh, seat over here. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not here. He's away. Yeah, I, I don't take this for granted. Mm. I feel it's a privilege. A yeah, privilege. so yeah, shout out to our director who is um, in Queensland, spent some time with his family up there and... Um, yeah, so he's not here today. So, Johnny Mac. Yes. Normally we bring out big guns for the uh, Christmas extravaganza, don't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah. Run us through what's happened in previous Christmas years. Well, we've always been able to rely on a certain family figure who just happens to be way more famous than I am. Um, however, he couldn't be, he couldn't make it down in time this year. And look, um, I'm okay which, with um, that because I've, I've gone bigger. And that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. I've gone big. I've gone and travelled infinitely longer as well. Is it further? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, because um, he's he's based in Melbourne Central. Ah, so, sweet. Yeah, so yeah, we've you know we've had to cover the cost of the car ride and the flight. Everything, guys. Look, shout out to shout out to our guest today who has come into the studio to join in the frivolity. What's that word? Frivolity. Yeah, that's the word. Um, yeah. So we've got a Christmas guest, and like I don't know if people will be able to guess, but she's very special. She's been with us since day one. Probably our number one fan throughout the gamut of the 146 episodes of The Property Pod, 36 of which came out this year. We almost hit a weekly uh, target, but we did have some time off in there, here and there. We, you know, life happens to 36 episodes for the year. Pretty Mm -hmm. good. Throwing it over to, would you guess, Patreon Bendigo. Hey, hey. Welcome to the Property Pod, Paige yep. from Bendigo. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. Very exciting to be here in person. I went for the really long intro. I really wanted to build the suspense. <laughs> I really wanted to draw it out as much as I can because 100% that way I don't have to talk much real estate. Mm. And the other way is we're building and we're building and we've got Paige. Welcome to the show. Yeah. Can you give us a rundown, Paige, of firstly, how did you uh, find yourself a fan of this crazy, crazy show. And then how did you find yourself in the studio? Tell us all about Paige from Bendigo. Genuine market research. Yeah, Yeah. fair enough, very fair enough. Huge fan. Huge fan. Not a local, obviously. Um, Did grow up in Tasmania, though, so Tasmania is very close to my heart. Um, I am actually the cousin of Aaron's partner, Sarah. Mm -hmm. The infamous Sarah, who this morning when I mentioned the Paige was coming on the show, she's like... Aaron never talks about me on the podcast. <laughs> and she Paige replied with... Yeah. Well, I did tell her that um, she is mentioned. Yes, um, multiple times. Yeah, as the baby mama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the love of my life, let it be known. Exactly, exactly. So, Sarah, stand noticed. Stand on notice. Yes. So, you are a cousin of my beautiful partner, Sarah. <laughs> You were born here in Tassie, but you found your way over to Bendigo and you still listen to this Tasmanian podcast on real estate. Absolutely. Yeah. Inspiring. Uh, I'm in the car a lot for work, so it works out really well to um, tune in quite regularly. Yeah. I I couldn't think of a better way to pass the time myself, honestly. (laughs) Absolutely. 
Listening to the listening to my own voice, I find it very very calming. It was a bit weird yeah. hearing you down the down the hallway, and I was like, "Hang on, a I know that voice." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah normally I hear that when I'm driving down the road, scoring, no. whatever. Yeah. Um, sorry. Now we need to throw to. So yeah, just give us just before we go any further into the show, um, maybe give us your real estate story. Like, are you a homeowner on the mainland, Patron Bendigo, or are you um, looking to buy down this way or Hit us with your property story, if you don't mind. Yeah, so I am a homeowner in Bendigo. Um, my partner grew up there, so um, we've lived there. I've lived there now for around 10 years. So moved up there to study speech pathology at university, met a guy with um, ginger hair and the rest is history. We got married a couple of months ago. And, um, yeah, we've got a two-bedroom, two-bathroom not a huge amount of space. I will admit it did feel bigger when we bought it and then we went into COVID and it's mm. never felt smaller <laughs> yeah, in yeah, my yeah. life. When you can't my, escape. Yeah. My co-worker, I've never despised a co-worker as much as... <laughs> <laughs> as the man I just married. Yeah. <laughs> silly, yeah. silly. Um, so we actually... It's a good story actually how we came about to buying it. So we were renting the property. Yep. Um, we lived in Melbourne for a handful of years and my partner was in charge of one of the rentals and mm. it was the day we we're moving in and I said, it's all all okay. I try, I hadn't seen it. I was going blind. We'd signed this rental agreement. I said, as long as it's got some light coming in and he looked at me and his face just dropped and I, it had one sliding door that looked out over a side of a brick building, you can mm. imagine, oh, in no. Hawthorne in Melbourne. Yeah, nothing. And yeah. so he found this rental property in Bendigo when we were moving back to be a little bit closer to his family mm-hmm. and, and settle a little bit and – he was super excited. Again, I moved inside unseen, but he assured me it had lots of windows. I promise there's light in this one. It, and oh. it does. It's beautiful. It's got lots of really nice natural light that comes through. So yeah, we yeah. started renting it. Um, we had some lights that needed changing and I thought the real estate sent in uh, their handyman to change the lights. It was actually the gentleman that built it and owns it. Mm. So I was having a chat with him and just um, kind of off the cuff just said, uh, if ever you're thinking of selling, please let us know. We really love the place. We really love living here. Yeah. And then three weeks later, he messaged the Ginge, my mm-hmm. partner. The Ginge, it's awesome. With, <laughs> with a price. And uh, in a, about a month, we were going through all the paperwork and signing and it was fantastic. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, I've moved every year since I was 18 and so oh, to be renting – and then buy a house and not actually have to move was perfect. Yeah. Oh, mate. Absolutely. Yeah, it was great. So we did a little bit of um, research on the price that we were willing to pay for our place in comparison Mm. to other places around and went to a few open homes and compared. Uh, But we really, really like where we are. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So how long ago was this? Like was the market in its like kind of booming phase? Was it just about to? No. no. So So we bought it at the start of, I want to say twenty. 19 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and we it's nearly doubled now which is pretty cool it's a nice feeling yeah, yeah. especially after yeah. just having a wedding as well which uh, we were talking oh. about before the the debt that that can put you into absolutely the but what a day 
And what yeah. about that band playing the property pod over the loudspeaker? Oh, <laughs> it was just on repeat the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> Episode 36 came through and everyone's Absolute like, yeah. Absolute banger. Oh, man, I love 36. This was my favourite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just every, everyone's put up their lighters and started swaying. <laughs> yeah, oh, the property pod. And Sarah's <laughs> like, wow. Dance song. Oh, yeah. Pod. When John was serenading us about tile insurance oh, and we were oh, all arm in arm, you, whew, what a day. You, you're lucky you didn't, you didn't go on repeat. <laughs> <laughs> That dance could have gone on forever. Forty-five minutes worth of dancing for the best Um No, look, it's really interesting, kind of, um, yeah, hearing your like purchasing story. And the mm-hmm. reason we put the show together was kind of for people who were first-time buyers or people that don't know too much about the industry. Me at the start of the show, um, trying to find out more and, and get some um, kind of in-depth knowledge. And even when I just said to you, "Oh, could you kind of, or do you want to come on the podcast?" You're like, "Oh, I'd love to." Mm. Within, I would say, two minutes. I don't even know how you typed these questions out in two minutes. I had a full, probably 10 episodes worth of questions here. Yeah, exactly. But I was like, yeah, Johnny Mac will happily answer these bad boys. (laughs) So I just thought we could kind of run through your questions and and keep it festive and keep it Mm. um, Christmassy and and just see what happens. Absolutely. Yeah, happy with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so Paige from Bendigo. She's but actually she's probably been dying to ask these questions since episode four. It's like, when's he going to ask? Like, yeah, I'll marry into his family if he'll get me on the pod. <laughs> Any home, let's ask away. Beautiful. So, um, because of the scenario where I didn't actually go through real estate to buy our first house, yeah, um, it's something I feel quite uh, blind going into. And I guess when you're in a different state, looking at property. Uh, for employment purposes, I'll be asking you questions about um, some things my friend Sage from Ballarat has um, Got your back, emailed Sage. in about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've met her. She's lovely. Yeah. 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 Real ripper. Um, the main kind of questions I've got for you are all about looking at buying when you live in a different state. Mm, so mm. how how do you go about identifying a good suburb? Say you were looking at or Sage might be looking at uh, settling into looking at a family home or expanding, uh, I might buy, she might buy more pets um, mm-hmm. and expand the zoo that already exists. So how do I identify a good suburb in an area that I don't really know all of that well? I grew up in Launceston, so yeah. that's not my not Well, my there's, there's a politically incorrect answer, and that's to look at the statistics. And yep. first, um, and where... People would go, well, what is the, what's a nice family area? Uh, and they'll often say, look, I want to avoid the, the you know, the, the low socioeconomic areas, for example. It's like, oh, I want to be in this suburb, but I don't want to be in this suburb. Mm-hmm. Often it actually bears out that um, when you look at uh, what, what I see here, when you've got a higher, um, you can actually get these stats out, yep. a higher owner-occupier percentage and a higher family percentage. Because often it turns out that in the low socioeconomic areas, there's low owner-occupier alone occupancy and a lot of single parent households okay so it's the sense that the unfortunately as a result of the lack of available income in many in many times um that's just how those areas bear out that's the politically incorrect answer obviously but that's the, how the statistics well like it's probably probably say what we want yeah it's our um, show so okay. but then outside of like looking at i suppose the demographics as percentages the only real way to do it honestly is to sit there and actually have local knowledge and um, unfortunately, not that you can get that, but it's so true, isn't it? That in some suburbs you've got these amazing streets with really, really tight knit community, mm-hmm. um, and then you can have two streets over, and it's awful. So that's the thing where the statistics will never be able to tell you those stories. But if you're trying to roll on it on a general basis, that's a couple of you know look at the owner occupier 
um, percentage yep. and occupancy, and then look at the actual demographic of the family structure. Love it. Great. Mm. The um the next question I saw that you had on here was um in, instead of flying in and out on weekends for open homes, which look we'd love to have you um down here more regularly. You're always welcome at the Continental Chateau. First time guests, uh, Paige and and Jin stayed at um the the back house of our place last night. So oh, cool. yeah, this yeah, morning yeah. I was Chateau, super excited. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was super excited to find out about. I was like, "How was it? Like, was it too cold? Was it warm? Like, can you tell us? Like, you know, was, give there, us was a, there enough natural light? Yeah, yes. Yeah. Wow, that's a big one. <laughs> I mean, we don't need to look at buying property anymore. We're just going to move in out the back. Oh, yeah. oh. nice. <laughs> no dramas. Live in, live in babysitters. The nannies. Um, but yeah, I love this question. Where it's like, how do you go about sussing out properties um, that are kind of open um, without racking up those frequent flyer points? I thought that was a, a good yeah. one to ask. And it was two words: buyer's agent. That was it. Because the thing is, unless you're paying for a service, you're not going to get um, different incentives. Because if, if, if you're paying someone a service, it's like they have one job and that's to act in your best interest. The rest of it is all very, very subjective. So unless you've got family and friends and others that can connect you to it, um, the only real practical way is to basically engage a professional to do that research for you. Awesome. Mm. Yeah. Beautiful. And how far out or how far in advance would you suggest contacting somebody like that to help support me? As, as much time as you can get. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes too because it's about building a relationship because yeah. if you're um, – they're going to have to find out – and we're the, we've got those cases where they'll, we'll have a client say, I just don't want this suburb and you'll have the perfect house for them in that suburb and then they disappear for six months and then you reach out to them again and they say, oh, oh, that's fine, I bought. Where, oh, where did you buy? Well, in that suburb that I said that I didn't want. Yeah. You yeah. know, so sometimes yeah. that relationship takes time before they can understand and connect with what you think you want versus what you actually want. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the time having that capacity to do the research, build up a portfolio of potential, and then maybe you're only doing one flight as opposed to ten. Genius. Because it's a lose-lose. You, you're flying in, it's your own time, but also it's spending money on yeah. flights that yeah. would otherwise go to a deposit or yes. something like yeah. that. Yeah. So, yeah, really hard when you're looking at, Buying in a oh look, and, and, the, and the, we, I mean our our client, um, he's going to be settling in about forty five days, and he's looking to get to Bendigo. As it turns out, um, does he need a buyer's advocate? Exactly. <laughs> um, it was, or Townsville, I can't quite remember. But um, he had <laughs> they're quite different. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so close. But, but there was the problem is there's like three people going to those same areas, and I can't remember which one's which. Let's just assume this one person's a blend of three. Yeah. Um, he flew over there and he had two days and then he got COVID and he was stuck in his house for three days. Yeah. So his whole research period just disappeared. Ended. Yeah. Um, and he's back now, um, but it, it didn't pan out the way he wanted it to. So, of course, there's, you know, you can, if you can, if you're happy to quit, make a quick decision, boom, go on your own, do the one flight, make an offer and then move on. But if you do want to have that bit of time, the more breadth you can have in that relationship, if you are engaging someone, um, the better in my opinion. Um, mm. I guess it makes it tricky if it's a highly competitive market too because it's not just flying in, making an offer, and then you've been successful. Yeah. It yeah. could be a, a really long process. What's the market looking like at the moment for how in demand houses are versus what's available in the market? In Hobart, we've called it a balanced market. So right. I look at it in four ways. You've got an extreme seller's market, which is it's all in the hands of like there is no houses available and there are an infinite amount of number of buyers wanting to throw money at you. That's where we were a few years back. Yep. Um, you've got a seller's market, which is just, you know, subdued again, buyer's market and extreme buyer's market. So somewhere in that range we're about where we are. And, and that in these markets it means that people are only buying and selling 
because their life requires them to do so. So there's not those that are cashing out because like, oh my God, the market's hot, let's get money. And there's not buyers going in because, oh, the market's hot, let's get in before we can't yep. afford it anymore. So now at this point, everyone's just, you know, moving it because it's a because of something that they have to do or want to do, not necessarily because they're, they, they're like impulsively doing so, which is what, again, some of those hot markets um, tend, you know, for us to do. Um, so now what that means is that some properties will, stay on, it will still move overnight which you've got properties which are beautifully presented and well well priced. So, you know, people are buying their time. They don't have to do the work to it. But in these markets too, obviously, because tradies are much harder to come by and renos are much harder to organise and more expensive. Well, the ones that I call properties with no redeemable quality are having a tendency to stay longer because the expectation of the owner might still be too high and you might be 10% away from where it's going to sell, you know. So um, in, those tra- in these transitional phases... Um, you get a lot of properties that stay on the market for a long time and mainly it's a result of the expectations of the price being too high. From a buying perspective, it's actually a really good market to work within um, because more often than not you're probably going to be on in a one-on-one negotiation situation as opposed to a multi-offer situation. Um, but it also depends on the property specifically. Oh, that's great. That's really good to hear because we were um, – I guess we've kept an eye on the market for a while. Now. Sage, Sage mm. has. Yeah, sorry, Sage. Yeah, Sage has been – Checking that out. <laughs> Absolutely. With my support. Oh, yeah, no, I know you're a really good friend. You're very thoughtful and, and yeah, but no, just sage. Mm. They have been doing a great job of keeping an eye on the market and it was really competitive there for a while when COVID hit. I guess yep. people were looking at the lifestyle that they had, mm. the situation they were stuck in uh, and Tasmania, I guess it's it's not so much a well-kept secret anymore. No, but no. Yeah. No. Um, so... That, that's really positive. When you were talking about renos and changes to property, one of the things that Sage can see is some properties need a little bit of work, but how much when you're comparing areas of the house, mm. what is there any way of forecasting how expensive a renovation is going to be depending on the area that you're looking at renovating? So say you want to do a whole new paint of the house, put in new um, built-in cupboards versus a whole new kitchen. Yeah. What's a better investment for down the track when you're looking at reselling? Mm. So it's all, I, 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 from experience, I can tell you what it's like to uh, overcapitalise. <laughs> <laughs> um, take too long, spend too much money and... Be a bad project manager. So it's really you, good. I've gone through this process in my house and I've done it. I've done everything wrong. You moved in just this week, didn't uh, you? Just last week after like <laughs> 16 months. So um, I can answer that question intimately and because I've done it all the wrong ways. I feel like I've hit a sore point. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. It's, 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 it's actually really good because um, to answer your question very quickly, I think you have to consider what you can trade your time for. Now, I can't trade my time very well when it comes to handiwork because I just I can't do the work. If I'm, le- I'm learning how to you know, hang picture rails properly, if you break the plaster, I've got to patch that wall. Like I can't do that. I can't. For me to research what it's going to replace to a kitchen myself, that's really way far outside the scope of my expertise. Um, if you're a beginner, the ones that I, I would suggest that you look to tackle would be simply your carpets and your paint. So those are all aesthetic touches that can be done easily. Um, and, you know, you can get quotes for and you can choose colours and stuff, you know, um, rather quickly and have those be done. And those things are going to have a really big difference on that presentation of your house. So you, the, you will get the – you will win back on your investment. When it starts to look at kitchens and bathrooms, that's where obviously the big money comes into. Also, when you're removing walls and any building and structural work, 
that's where the expenses can rack up really fast because all of a sudden you can go from a you know from one color tone on the cupboard to using like a, a, a non-touch can also can almost double the expense of your of the you know the cupboard um, so you really want to be mindful about what you're intending to to put into it so the, the the two big questions that I really would suggest you answer first is is this going to be a forever home like or a long long stay or do we know we're going to be getting out here within two to three years um, so what happened with me is that I'd, I'd started from an investment perspective and then shift gears because my life's changed and so now I've ended up going with the really nice stuff um, and while the wall with a 19, late 1950s house, none of the walls are straight, everything has to be supported, all the beams are in the wrong places so none of the lights fit properly, then you can, it's, you know, so everything that can be go wrong can go wrong. And so by tackling an old house which has a lot of problems and then trying to um, fix the standard that I want on it, cost me probably 30% more than it probably should have had I just been careful and played it smart. So if you're looking, so if you're looking to approach a house that's not perfect, um, the best thing for you to do would be not to grab something that's um, you know, infinitely old because nothing's, nothing's straight, nothing's easy, everything has to be replaced. So when you're buying a home like Brick Veneer, the 90s, 80s, um, you know, it's dated, like everything's still fine. You know, sometimes you'll have a concrete slab. Like you can work with that really yep. simply. Whereas, and you know, you can make a few changes. It's not going to be. It's not going to be over dramatic. But when you start to get into the older homes, that's when the hard work really starts to come into it. And you want to be planning. You know, plan meticulously. Otherwise, I promise you, it's going to cost way more than you than you wanted to. I don't, I don't know if like um way off here. You'll probably spend a bit more time there than me. But is it realestate.com have a like if you scroll down on a listing, like there's a bit there which kind of quotes like a crappy does, Reno, yeah, a yeah. good Reno, and like it'll give you like a price range on mm. kind of what to invest. Are they accurate? I looked at one the other day and it looked like it was like the numbers were like. I'm not mouthing you, realsite.com. Like, oh, like all good. We're not worthy. Um, but, yeah, have you looked at that? Do you know? No, I didn't even bother trying it. Yeah. I, I mean, I know like if you're getting a quote from a builder, they're going to – you know, quote your three grand a square meter at the moment. Yeah. So if you've got a three by three bathroom, that's you know nine. What's it? Nine square meters. So add by three. You know, times, three grand, Yeah. That's nearly tw- you know twenty plus grand, which is about right. Yeah. You know. So they. You know. And then um, if you do, if, if all of a sudden, if you go from you know if you tile just the floors and and the you know for a walk and shower, or you can go from floor to ceiling with tiles. Again, changes everything. Yeah. Changes the costing yeah. of. Yep. So my tiling, for example, was seven and a half thousand dollars alone. For the tiler, you know. So, uh, whereas another one we've just done um, in our for my partner's unit, we're doing that very like nice, but minimally. There's no extravagance at all. There's no fancy stuff. It's just what's practical yep. um, to you know to make it neat and really nice and livable. And that bathroom is probably going to cost two thirds of what I paid for the same size of mine. You know, so um, it's a bit of a long, a long-winded approach. But I guess the real summary, which is what kind of house should I buy, is newer the better if you have no idea what you're doing and you want to do a lot. Cool. Sweet. Very cool. So yes. Talk to me about um, the demand for houses that, you know, would fit a family. Mm. Three bedroom versus four bedroom. Um, there's a big trend at the moment with two living room spaces yeah. versus yeah. the one, that kind of thing. What's the average 
what are, what are the houses that you're saying that sell the fastest with demand for a family home with the setup or layout of them? Well, before the actual bedroom sizes, the first is the presentation because yeah. the trade-off is the time again. So if all of a sudden family, if you could bring in a family into like, oh, that's all well and good to do the renovations, but I can't imagine what it would be like to do it with three kids running around the house. You know, so they're actually buying the finished homes first. Um, the... Other question aside, I think the second living room is the you've hit the nail on the head there because you the sound like a Kiwi then. Yeah, yeah. You got second. I was like, oh, second, second. Yeah. Then I'll throw on the American accent and then <laughs> I don't sound like an Australian anymore. Um, but what the, the the thing will be is, that, oh look, I can use that fourth bedroom as either an office, a second living space, or a kids' playroom. Yep. And that's where the fourth comes in handy more so than the necessity for an actual fourth for a child, generally speaking. Um, so. Dollar-wise, though, I, I haven't got the exact numbers. From between a third to fourth to a fifth bedroom, sometimes, you, you, depending upon the presentation, you may not see too much difference. It really comes to the size of the home because you can have three good-sized bedrooms and then two tiny ones, and they're useless. So um, just because it's got five in front of it for the bedrooms doesn't translate to a higher sale price if all the bedrooms are tiny. Um, so really, you want to me- you want to see the measurements before you get excited by the number. Absolutely. Um, and even then, you could have a you know you might have three that you might want to turn to two. You could have a four-bedroom that you can convert to five if the layout works well for not a heck of a lot of expense. Yeah, it's funny you say that. There was a, a house that went for sale on my street just the other day and as I've been talking about the pod, there's the guy across the road who's been asking me questions about his house for sale. I checked the price of his and then I looked. There's one down the further down the street for mine and from the outside you would look at it and say, ah, oh, that's definitely at a minimum a three-bedroom maybe four-bedroom home mm. in comparison to this one that he's got, which is looks smaller. I checked it out and I could only find photos for two bedrooms. I'm like, ah, mm. oh, oh, so maybe they didn't take the photos of that room. Check the floor plan. It's this two-bedroom home. It's like this huge-looking monster of a house with only two bedrooms. I checked the floor plan and I was like, oh, you couldn't even, like, change this. Like, the way the house is laid it's out, awful layout. it's just an awful layout. And yeah. I was just like... Wow, like well, this is very bizarre. So I'm really intrigued to see how that affects the sale of old mates across the road as well because, you know, he's sitting with this three-bedroom home versus this large-looking two-bedroom home yeah. with a big yard. Yeah. Yeah, very well, interesting. There was one like that we had on um, – I can't remember the street, but as you go along the main road and you've got those big billboards as it goes over the bridge and the train yeah, yeah, another just one. that left there. I, I can't, the name escapes me. Exactly the same, like double brick. Um, huge, huge floor plan, mm. two two bedrooms, and then because of its you know disjointed nature and too many alley, you know hallways and other elements, it was a two bedroom. We've really struggled because the asking price, in a sense, was okay. I'm paying for a three bedroom here, but I've got two. Yeah, and you're asking me now to drop another thirty grand just to be able to sit there and make this work. And it, we only we only had one offer. It took me nearly three months, I think, in a good market because the um, because of the fact there was two bedrooms. Yeah, so, so I guess mm. jumping from Paige's question, that's an interesting point that, yeah, like two is definitely not enough when it comes to like family size, mm. but then, yeah, how much does it exponentially grow yeah. the more you add to it? And, and uh, sometimes not, not, not by a lot. It really, yeah. it be- and from the valuer's perspective, they're not really going to look at bedrooms specifically. They are looking for the external size of the house yep. in, terms of, in terms of its value um, because that way, um, like we said, you could have three bedrooms, three great size bedrooms, Way more value than five tiny one bedrooms. I'm just picturing like well, these tiny little cupboards. Like, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. this, I promise this is a five bedroom home. It's like, that's <laughs> a cupboard. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you yeah. could sleep standing yeah. up. <laughs> Harry Potter didn't complain. Like, <laughs> yeah, you do see 
yeah, sometimes they <laughs> yeah. would like a side sunroom or something like yeah. that. Yeah. I think yeah. bed wouldn't fit in there, but you've advertised it as a whole new room. Mm. So. Oh, absolutely. And that's a great point. Because you just end up, people walk in, they're just disappointed. Yeah, I always wonder that as well. It's like you're just being set just, up to fail. Just don't. Mm. <laughs> um, we're, look, we're, we're running hot with time here. Okay, um, did the Sage have any other questions that she wanted to ask just before we kind of wrap things up for our Christmas extravaganza? Uh, does anyone want to be a silent partner with <laughs> if, 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 if <laughs> Property be, prices keep going. I've been watching a lot of Dragon's Den and Shark Tank, so if the, if the return's there, mate, you can have my money. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, but there, I did. There was one cool one there. We uh, was, um, when I was looking through it was are the prices ever going to get back to our parents' level? Yeah, so I can be a boomer and own seven houses. <laughs> no, <laughs> inflation. Disappointing. Never going to happen. Which I think <laughs> if you were to go back and listen to last year's Christmas episode, inflation was a big yeah, yeah. topic with that one. With I think it was Chris and your dad and Luke. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Chris and your dad are the same person. Yeah. It was. I think it was your. Yeah, I lost my words. Doesn't matter. I think it was. Hold on. I think it was Luke and your dad in here. It was like a big McGregor fest yeah, for Christmas yeah, last it was. year. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we we're talking inflation and all these things that were just way over my head. <laughs> but um, yeah, thank you for coming in, Paige, um, and me. for being part of the show. It's been so much fun. And look, we could continue going for. We could have a an hour long episode. I just have too much to do. I've got to finish yeah. all my things. It's my last day at work. <laughs> Busy time of year. It's been great to be on. Thank you. For no, thank you so much Very for coming fun. in. And um, yeah, let Sage know that she's welcome to stay at the Continental um, Chateau as well if if she needs her and her redheaded um, partner. Yeah, yeah. Good old Ginge. <laughs> man, man of my own heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys are getting on well. <laughs> All right. Well, look, from everybody uh, at the Property Pod, thank you so much for uh, coming on the journey with us this year. Thank you for being with us from the very start page and sticking with us all the way through. Uh, 2022 has been a year. It's been a year. It's been a year. It's been a year. So, um, <laughs> yeah, thank you for joining us. We will be back in 2023 with more Property Pod, uh, we promise. And, um, yeah, Merry Christmas from us to you. Merry Christmas, Ken. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. See ya. You have been listening to The Property Pod, recorded and edited by 414 Media House in conjunction with 414 Property Co. This podcast is general information only and the thoughts and views expressed is the opinion of our panel and listeners should always seek then use their own investigation into any topic we discuss to ensure they fully understand their own situation. It does not constitute and should not be relied on as purchasing, selling, financial or investment advice or recommendations expressed or implied and it should not be used as an invitation to take up any agent or investment services. No investment decision or activity should be undertaken on the basis of this information without first seeking qualified and professional advice.